This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Well, you guys doing good today? Well, I'm excited about today. I hope you are. You know, uh, your excitement is probably a, a direct determination between your excitement and your expectation. So if you have low excitement, I would say maybe possibly your, your expectancy is maybe a little low. So I just challenge you in like, let's just raise that up, you know? You know, we didn't come here to just check it off a list or take up space, right? We came to be changed. Did you guys come to be changed? So I'm gonna fix this so that everybody's happy. There we go. So let's get changed today, right? Let's allow his word to change us from the inside out. That's where we need. It's not an, and it's not an external thing. It's, it's an internal work that's going to be done on the inside of each and every one of us. But it, but it comes down to us saying, Lord, I want you to change me. I want you to transform me. I want you to show me the things I'm not seeing. I mean, if you guys have never seen, there's some things you have yet to see. We all do. There's not one of us in, in, in this world that, that uh, you know, Jesus was the only one that was perfect that saw it all. But the rest of us, we, we got a process of, of growing and, and coming up in the things of God. And so, uh, so come on, come on. Let's put it in gear. Amen. Today, we're going to continue on our series, uh, Pursue. We began this series a couple weeks ago. We started with, with the right path. And last week, we talked about knowing God. And today, we're going to talk about um, love. Because here's the thing. The whole idea behind this series is the fact that it's, it's a challenge to all of us to take an inventory of our lives. Because I think that there are times in our lives where uh, we're cruising cruising through life and we're just sailing along and things are good but I think that there's there's these little tiny things in our lives that will sometimes trip us up you guys know the scripture in the Bible talks about the little foxes that will spoil the vine and the same thing can be true in our lives as believers is if we're if we're not uh, uh, really asking the Lord it kind of comes back to that whole expectation component but I think sometimes we just we can go through life frustrated trying and striving and 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 not maybe getting that answer that we need and I really think that it's kind of in maybe sometimes it's in those those small details so to speak and so really that's the heart behind this series of pursue is to ask ourselves the question what is it that we're pursuing is it God's best for our life did he tell us to pursue that thing or is this just something that we've kind of fabricated in our own mind and in our own heart and then we've asked for God to bless that pursuit and so what we're doing is is we're just looking at what the Bible has to say about the things that we should be pursuing and so today we're going to talk about love because how many of you guys know that love is the greatest amen love always wins and I think sometimes that we we avoid the subject of love but if we could grasp the understanding of love in our lives it will set us free. It'll change us. It has the ability to, to, to change things in our lives. And so, um, you know, we're going to get into some things that might be a little touchy. Um, I just want to forewarn you, you know, you don't have to get nervous or anything like that, but I, I, I how many of you guys, I mean, I just, I want to be, I want you all to be challenged. I like to be challenged in my life. I don't want to stay the same. I want to grow. And so, you know, his word does that for us if we'll just listen. And so our key text today is found in first Corinthians 14, verse 1 in the Amplified Version, and it says this. It says, pursue love. 
pursue love with eagerness, make it your goal. Huh. That's another one of those pursue, pursue commands that he gave us. To pursue love. Make it your goal. The NLT says make it your highest goal. So the question is, is, is love, the love of God, your highest goal? And that's what it should be because, you know, last week we talked about knowing God. And unfortunately, you know, we can strive to know God, but if we don't have love, we're not going to know God. And when we know love, we know God. Look at what this verse says in 1 John 4, uh, verse 7 and eight it says dear friends let us continue to love one another how many of you guys love one another how many of you guys are mad at the person that took your parking spot or maybe took your seat today i don't love them very much right now but i will love them here in a little bit i just got to get over that or the guy that passed you on the highway and then slowed down and turned you love those people don't you I just love you with the love of the Lord. That's what you need to say to yourself. You need to stir up that love. Amen? Let us love one another, for the love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. How many of you guys want to know God? I want to know God. So if we want to know God, we, we need to love one another. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God is love. And so when we know love, we know God. And so number one in your notes is this. Pursue the God kind of love. The God kind of love. In order to pursue love, we have to pursue and we have to understand the God kind of love. C.S. Lewis put it this way, that a man's spiritual health, health is exactly proportional to his love for God. So if we want to be healthy, spiritually speaking, we have to have a correct understanding and a grasp of the love of God. And, and I think that the problem, though, sometimes is, is that if we're not in the word and we, we, we don't remind ourselves of what the love of God really looks like, we can, we can base our love off of the things that are around us. We can base our love off of experiences. We can base our loves off, off of uh, how other people love and what we see other people do. And we think, well, that must be love. And, and when, when in reality, it, it, it is, may not be what the Bible has to say about love. And so today, that's, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna look at what the Bible has to say about love and remind ourselves of what he, his kind of love looks like because that's what we need to be living our life by, amen? Because I think too, many, many are pursuing a counterfeit type of love, a counterfeit type of love. You know, a counterfeit is a fake, it's not real. It's not even genuine, you know? How many of you guys have ever bought something that's kind of like a knockoff, you know, because you don't want to, you know, spend all the money and you don't want to go all the way with it and, and buy that thing that's really quality built and going to be exactly what you know it's going to be, but it's like, ah, I just can't part with that much money. So you go out and you find that, that, that manufacturer that's kind of in the middle of the road and they've copied, you know, the, all of the nice things and, and, and they've kind of just dialed it down. And so you, you, you buy the middle of the road, you buy the cheap, you buy the imitation, you buy the counterfeit. Then what happens? You get it, it's like, it's a total letdown, right? It breaks, it doesn't function right, and you're like, and then you're just like kicking yourself. And, and, and so that's the thing is, is that many people are pursuing something that's an imitation, it's a counterfeit. And, 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 and I think that they're being let down. They're being let down in their life because they don't understand why. I thought I was in love. I thought that this was love and this, is, this was love and, and it's just not working, you know? And, and so 
What we have to understand is, is this, is that many are pursuing this imitation uh, or this counterfeit. Our society is confusing love with lust. Now, when we use the word lust, a lot of times we, we, we think that it has to do with something that's sexual. But the reality of it is, is that lust is just a longing. It's, it's, a, it's a, a desire. It's, it's, it's to lust after or want something so badly from a fleshly standpoint. Look what it says here in 1 John 2, 16. It says that for all that is in this world, everything, guys, all that is in this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. So we can see very, very clearly that the world in which we live, right, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. But it's saying that in this world, that it's, we're surrounded by people, that it's the lust of the flesh, it's the lust of the eyes, and it's the pride of life. And so if we you know, don't look at the word of God and we don't see what he has to say, we can kind of, you know, kind of accept and, and begin to uh, uh, accept that as, as how we are to love when in reality it's just something that is a counterfeit. It's an imitation. And so this counterfeit love or lust is, is directed inward. It's, it's a, a love that is directed inward towards self. It's, it's a love that takes. It's a love that's, that's selfish, right? Or it gives with the expectation of something in return. I mean, come on, let's just be honest. How many of you ever have given something with, with, with an expectation of something in return? Now, every hand in here should go up. <laughs> come on. Like, 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 let's just relax. It's okay. You know, you know, thankfully, he's gracious and he's kind. And we may not have this, this love walk down perfectly. Today, we're going to get better at it. But man, there's times in life where our motive is not correct. It is incorrect. And so, you know, a, a love that is directed inward, as in what can I get out of this, or what is it that I am going to get in return, is not the love of God. It is an imitation, it is a fake, and you are going to be sorely disappointed if that's how you live your life, or if that is your definition of what love is. And so we just have to... You know, we have to understand that love is not something that's directed inward, and it is by all means not conditional. And so if we're living our life and we're, our love walk is conditional in nature, we have an imitation to the true love of God, is my point in saying all this. So the love of God is directed outward. It's, 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 it's not to get, it's to give. The love of God gives, and it's unconditional in its nature, nature, and there is no expectation of anything in return. And so lust is really a sorry excuse for what is real. So, loving the things of this world, uh, 1 John 2.15 goes on to say, it says, do not love the world's way. Another way you could say it is, is don't love the way that the world loves, right? You know, you can say, this is like saying, don't love the things in this world. But another way of saying it is, is like he's saying to us as believers, don't love the way the world loves, because the world loves all of these things and they're lusting and desiring and they're selfishly in, in, in nature. And so it says, don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Lo love of the world squeezes out the love of the Father. In your notes, world's love will squeeze God's love out of your life. 
And so in our lives as believers, it's like, man, if we're endeavoring to walk in love, walk in the love of God in our relationships, in our jobs, in our businesses, in every walk of life with other people, if, if we are, if any part of this imitation love is a part of our being, it's going to squeeze out the love of God. And I, and I think, you know, that selfish nature, man, it has a tendency to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And, and, and we just have to make sure and caution ourselves that we are not living our life in these marriages, in relationships, in some kind of, you know, form or fashion of the world. We're, 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 we're up for disappointment. And so the world's love will squeeze the love of God out of our lives. And so we have to make sure that we're not, we're not doing that. It goes on to say practically everything that goes on in this world. Listen to this. Get this. Wanting your own way. Wanting everything for yourself. Wanting to appear important has nothing to do with the Father. And so I'm just challenging you guys in this because it's, you know, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. I'm just saying it's, 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 we're just taking an inventory of our lives, guys. It's a personal inventory. It's not like you're not supposed to be nudging your neighbor at this point or anything of that nature through this message. This is not a message for your neighbor. This is a message for you. Because in this verse, he said wanting three times. Wanting, wanting. How many of you guys have ever wanted something? Want? Listen, I'm gonna be. I'll just be honest with you. You know, my my kids. We, they wanted. They wanted uh, canes. It is not convenient. It is on the wrong side of Council Bluffs. But you know what? They want it. And so uh, you know, they're little fleshly creatures. They want it. <laughs> so what do we do? We drive down there and get it. Now, I'll confess. I too wanted something. Not canes. When I was young and we worked in, at J&J Contracting in Council Bluffs, Iowa, we would cut re-rod for hours. And the boss, who was my best friend's dad, would call in an order to a place called Jonesy's. If you've never eaten there, you need to eat there. And you need to go there, you need to buy their enchilada, okay? It's been 20 some odd years since I had one of these enchiladas. Can I, can I just tell you, I looked up their phone number and I called them, I said, I will take one of those glorious enchiladas because I wanted it. That's, that's the flesh that we're talking about. This wanting, that's what I'm trying to, I wanted it. And I, 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 I'll tell you, I wanted it so bad, I bought one on Thursday and I bought one yesterday. <laughs> now you guys all judging me like you don't want something. <laughs> Practically everything in this world, wanting your own way, Wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. Our wanting, you know, we can laugh about that. But man, I mean to tell you that if that, that root of wanting takes hold in our lives, that selfish want, I want, I want, I want, I want, and we don't, we don't put a cap on that, and we don't put a restriction on that, and we don't say no to that burrito, <laughs> It's going to cause problems. Actually, when I was eating it on Thursday in front of my, my son, he, he's like, that is, that is terrible. I said, yeah, this is a health risk if I've ever seen a health risk. But, but here's the point, guys. This selfish wanting 
will cause us risk in our lives. It's a counterfeit love. It's a counterfeit love is all about what we want, what you want, what you desire, what you long for. And so we just have to, we have to, we have to check ourselves. We have to check our life. We have to check our wants to the word of God and say, is this, is this, of you or is this something that I desire so strongly it is has become a worldly counterfeit lust in my life I told you it'd be challenging because here's the thing when we have this it's all about me it's all about what I want and I and I think that that's why we see a divorce rate like we see today where couples look at other people and they long and they lust for what someone else has and they desire that and, and, and maybe they compare their life and, and they come to this conclusion that I was happy, that this person brought me happiness and now no, they no longer bring me happiness and so, so they come to this conclusion that I am no longer in love when in reality it was based on a counterfeit love. Their marriage and the love that they're extending, they think that it's pure, they think that it's godly, that it, but it's, it's not. And so they come to this conclusion that it's like, well, I'm no longer in love, I've fallen out of love, and so I'm just gonna call it quits. And so we see 60 some odd percent of people, Christian and non-Christian alike, who make these decisions to, to walk the other way. All because they're living their life based on a love that is cheap, it's an imitation, and it's not the love of God. And so we can't fall into that trap. We cannot live our lives that way because it goes on to say, and I want you to get this because 1 John 2 says that when we are wanting, wanting, wanting and desiring everything for ourselves and we are living this life, it says this, it just isolates us from the Father. I want you to remember that word isolates. Isolates you from the Father, the world, and all of its wanting, 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 and it uh, is all on its way out. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. But I want you to remember that in our wanting, in our desire, in our flesh, you know, the, 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 if we don't check that, that nature, it will isolate us from him. You're going to see that again here later. And so we see clearly that the love of the world is absolutely conditional. It's conditional. It's a counterfeit. And uh, it's, it's for outward appearance. It's how something looks. And if we like the way it looks and we like what we see and we, you know, and we want it, then we'll get it. That is conditional. It takes pleasure in and it longs for, and, and it, it, it does, it's a selfish in its nature. And so we can see very, very clearly, guys, that that is not the type of love that we want to live our life by. No, we want to live our life by God's love. And God's love is unconditional. God's love is absolutely unconditional. And we know that because we see in John 3, 16, you all know that, that scripture, that God so loved the world that what? He gave. So love that is unconditional gives. It gives with nothing in return. 1 John 4, 9 and 10 says that God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and his only begotten son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Thank God he gave. Amen. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us 
and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. That, my friend, is unconditional love. Love that gives, love that sends, love that sacrifices, amen? This is real love, the sending of a sacrifice. And then this one you guys all know, Romans 5, 6, and 8. It says that when we were utterly helpless, did you know that you were utterly helpless? You were utterly helpless. Christ came at just the right time and he died for us as sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for the upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for the person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Isn't that amazing? That even in our hopelessness, utter hopelessness, we, we, we could not have gotten ourselves out of the predicament that we found ourselves in because of Adam and Eve. We were helpless. But thank God, even though we were helpless, he sent his only son in, in that helpless state. He knew we had nothing to offer. He knew we had nothing to give, yet he said, sent his only begotten son for you and I. His love for us was not based on our ability. It wasn't based on our actions. No, no, it wasn't based on what we did or what we didn't do. It was based on a love. The God kind of love, the unconditional love. We didn't deserve it, but he gave regardless. If we, our lives, our love walk should be a, a, a love walk that gives regardless. We should give regardless to our spouse. We should give regardless to our kids. We should give regardless to the people that, that, that we work with. We should give regardless to the people that, are, that, are, that, are, uh, uh, that we come in contact with that we don't even know, that are searching and seeking for help. That is the love of God, one that is unconditional. No strings attached, no agenda. Not, not you know, but, but, but that's not how we live sometimes. I'll, I'll, I'll love you if. I'll give if. No, that's not the love of God. It, there's no hidden motive. None whatsoever. Our, our actions and, and, and what we do should be based on love. You know, recently we had a, 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 a lady and her son come a couple weeks ago. And, uh, you know, he ended up in the hospital here on Thursday. And so we sent the prayer team, you know, a notification to begin to pray. And uh, through, the, through the afternoon, his condition got worse. And I went and prayed with him on uh, Thursday afternoon. But the thing that the Lord really showed me in that was is that it's not a sense of duty. It's not a sense of I have to do this. You know, it, it's, it's, it's because... You love, because God loved us, he gave. And so when it comes to mankind, our spouse or whoever, we do something because we love them. You know, and this boy, man, I mean, he, he has no, no, he doesn't have a lot of understanding. His mom ha doesn't have a lot of understanding when it comes to the things of God. They're really pretty clueless when it comes to, you know, their knowledge. They're just new in the things of God. And so, you know, what the Lord just showed me was, is like, what you're doing is based in love. You're, you're loving them when, when, when they need it most. When no one else is standing with them, when no one else is praying with them, you're loving them where they're at. They have nothing to offer, nothing to give, 
And, 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 and I think if we would approach this, I mean, even this morning when I, when, we were, when I was walking to prayer with the prayer group, that sometimes we fall into that trap where it's just like, it's on the list. And so it's like, okay, I got to do this and then I'm going to check it off. And so it's like, we do it with a, a, the wrong, it's not a wrong motive, but it's just with the wrong intent. And when we go to that prayer, when we go to that prayer room, we don't do it because we have to do it. We don't do it because we're on the schedule. We do it because we love as Christ loves. We love and we have the heart of our Father that, that there's people that don't pray for their own life. There's people that have yet to see. There's people that are bound. There's people that all these things that, that he sees them through the eyes of his love and that is the way that we need to see. And so, and so I guess what I'm getting at here is, is that God's love is unconditional and, and we didn't deserve it. His love is not uh, conditional. It is absolutely unconditional. It's not motivated by superficial appearance. It's not motivated by emotional attraction. It's not motivated by sentimental relationship. It's unconditional. That's what the, the love of God is. God loves and gives regardless. And so number two is, is God's love is the greatest. It's the greatest. You remember he's told the, he told the uh, disciples, love one another. You know, the first commandment is love, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. So <laughs> he gave us two instructions, both of which include love. I, I think that that, you know, pretty much sums it up. And so God's love is the greatest. First Corinthians 13, Paul was trying to connect and correct the view of the church. They, had, they were in a place and they had placed a lot of emphasis on the spiritual practices within the church. Much of what they were doing was done with, with not really being done with the God kind of love. And, you know, Paul wasn't saying that the things that they were doing were incorrect or, or that they weren't important, but that these believers were, operate, were not operating in the God kind of love. Their intentions were wrong. And so, and they were putting more emphasis on some of these other things than on love. And so that's where we, we pick it up here that uh, Paul said, you remember that, that, you know, you could speak in languages of angels, but if you have no love, it's like noisy gongs and cymbals. How many of you guys... When my son was younger, my mother-in-law bought my son a drum set. <laughs> now, it's just evident, my mother-in-law did not love. It was like noisy gongs and clangy cymbals. Does that make sense? <laughs> That's what Paul was saying right there. That just came to me when I was reading that. Now you understand that we can have prophecy and we can have all of these things, but if we don't have love, it's just a bunch of noise. It goes on to say prophecy, understand God's secret, possess all you know. You can have great faith to move mountains. No love, we're nothing. We can have all of these things. We can strive for all of these things, but if we're, if we're not walking in love, we're nothing. And so I don't think that times have changed you know, times have not changed. Believers, you know, have a tendency to hyper-focus on certain things and they miss this, their love walk. They miss what's going on in their love walk. And so, you know, you can have spiritual words spoken, you can increase your faith, you can give generously and all at the expense of the God kind of love. 
All of it should be based in the love of God. You give for a love of God. You serve and, and share with the love of God. Spiritual disciplines cannot have a higher priority than the love walk of a believer. It's true. I mean, you know, your great, my, greatest, my greatest calling before I'm a pastor is to my family and to my wife. And so I can, I can, you know, I can study and do all of these things, but if I'm not walking in love, I've got the cart in front of the horse. You know what I mean? I am missing the forest for the trees. <laughs> and the same thing is true in our lives. It's like, man, we gotta, we gotta get this love thing down. And if we, we, we don't have it down, we need to make the adjustments. We need, to, we need to, to follow the example. It's why Paul prayed in Ephesians 3. You guys remember this? He prayed that believers would understand. <laughs> it must not have understood. Right? Some of us believers, we, we have a tendency to not understand. He said, understand how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. Goes on to say that you may experience the love of Christ. You guys experiencing the love of Christ? You have, but you should continue in that. You should continue to pray these, these prayers that Paul prayed and ask that God would increase your knowledge of his love to see that and, and it goes on to say that it's so great that we won't ever fully understand it so it just goes to show you that it's it's a continu continuing process of understanding the love of god we must pursue god's love guys in our life in how we live and how we walk how we talk and so how do we do that how do we determine if we're embracing an imitation love or the love of god i'm glad you asked number four is love's great checklist you guys know what love's great checklist is yep it's in first corinthians 13 what's it say love is patient Whew. yeah we challenged the wednesday night uh, crowd on that we found out the whole group None of them were patient. Not a one of them raised their hand. And I think if I asked you guys if you guys were patient, you would answer the same way, right? But no, love is patient. Love is kind. It's not jealous, proudful, boastful, or rude. It does not demand, I'm gonna go real slow right there. It doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice in injustice, but it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. It doesn't give up. Your love walk cannot give up. The love of the world gives up. The love of, their, of a spouse, it gives up when it's based upon this imitation. But this right here, the love of God, it never gives up. It never gives up. It's always hopeful. It never loses faith. And it endures through every single circumstance. So when you're sitting there thinking to yourself, I just can't. I can't go on. I can't do this anymore. If you are living a life on the, based on the love of God, it will endure. You can depend on it. God, his word says that his love is shed abroad in your heart. It's in you. You just got to choose to let it go. You got to choose to fill yourself up and understand the love of God. And then you can walk in this manner. So are you walking in the love of God? Are you patient or impatient? Are you rude or are you, or are you kind? Are you irritable or are you peaceful? Are you, have you given up or are you hopeful? Or, have you, or are you enduring? Here's where it gets 
really, really fun. You guys are going to love this part of the message. I know it's just going to bring great, great, great uh, encouragement to you. The love of self. The love of self. Now, I want to preface this by saying that we should absolutely love ourselves, okay? You, if, if you're the type of person where you're constantly beating yourself up and you do not love yourself, that's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is, is what's said here in 2 Timothy verse, chapter 3, verse 2, that says, for people will be lovers of self. They'll love themselves. They're narcissistic. They're self-focused. They're lovers of money, impelled by greed, boastful, arrogant, uh, revilers, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, and profane. It said that in these last days, that's what we will see. We will see people that are lovers of themselves, narcissistic, self-centered personalities, excessive preoccupation, and self-focused, self-centered, all of these things. Now, can I just say something before we move on? This, I've heard this word, narcissistic. I've, I've heard it a lot here as of late, probably within the last maybe couple years, where, where there's labeling being given to people from one person to another and calling them narcissistic. And I'm thinking, okay, this is a problem because well, let me just read this, this scripture right here. You guys remember this one? Matthew 7, verse 5. Let me take the speck out of your eye while there is a beam in your own eye. First, take the beam out of your eyes so that you can see clearly. Listen, I get it. There might be some people that are narcissistic, okay? But that's not for my, myself or, or anyone to judge, a person by okay if they want to continue to live that that self self life we just said we just learned and we understand it's an imitation it's a cheap counterfeit and they're going to be isolated okay and if that's how they want to live that's fine but it's not for me as as uh, as a spouse or as a friend or or someone that i know to call somebody that because the, the reality of it is, is that I need to worry about myself. Remember, at the beginning of the message, I said, this is a message for me, right? It's for me. Say it with me. It's for me. It's for me. Right, it's for me. You know, so I'm not saying, no, don't take it this way. I'm not calling anybody in here narcissistic, okay? I'm just saying that we need to examine our love walk. That's what I'm saying. That's what this whole thing is about. Having the God kind of love in our lives because that's what he wants. The result of self-focus. I am so glad you guys asked what the result of self-focus would be. It's found right here in Proverbs 18, 18 verse 1. It says that he who isolates, man, there's that word again. He who isolates himself pursues selfish desires and he rebels against all sound judgment. Another way that we could say that is, is that we could say that if we pursue selfish desires, we are going to isolate ourselves. We actually saw that here before. But, you know, pursuing what, when, what we love isolates. And when we are isolated, we're alone. We're, we're isolated from others. We're isolated from God. You know, it's that give me, give me, give me, give me, give me thing. And it's just, it's the more demanding of our own way, the more that we isolate. And, and it's just so sad because it's like we're, we're living this life trying to get, get, get to fill a hole, 
We're trying to fill something in our lives and get something that, we, that is absent, and we're trying to get it from other people. We're trying to get it from jobs. We're trying to get it from money. We're trying to get it from things, and, and we're pursuing that, and we're desiring it, and we're, we want it, and we think that it's going to fill, but it's just, it's just a counterfeit. It's just a lie. You know, and, and so we just have to understand, we gotta break this cycle. We gotta understand that, man, selfish behavior is not gonna fill our life. It's not gonna bless us. It's not gonna lift us up. No, it's going to isolate us. It's going to cause us to go further and further into isolation. We're isolated from God and we're isolated from others. We're isolated from our spouse. And so we just have to understand, man, that selfish, the selfishness of this world, man, is it's simply born out of hell and it will destroy your life. And so look what it says here. This verse actually came to me, or this portion of scripture, I, I was talking to Pastor Mike about it last week, that the, that the Lord kind of prompted me about Ecclesiastes 4, and I was like, I was trying to figure out how it fit into last week's message. I couldn't figure it out, and so I'm gonna use it for this week's message, and this is how we got here. Long, long ways. Some of you guys are looking at me like, this is the longest way here. I know, I know, it's okay. Look what it says here, Ecclesiastes 4.12. A person standing alone. A person that's, that's isolated can be attacked and they can be defeated. A self-focused life invites attack and it invites defeat in our life. You know, we don't like to look at it that way. A lot of times we're, we're looking at our lives and we're like, man, I'm being attacked and I'm being defeated and so-and-so's against me and I, I just can't win. And we wonder why. We're praying. We're like, God, what, you know, what, what is going on here? All the while, we've been living this life that has slowly but surely isolated us away from the Lord, from our spouse, from the things that, that, that the blessings that he has for us. And, and what we need to realize is that when we are alone, and sometimes, man, people don't know they're alone. They surround themselves with friends and activities and they do all of these things, but man, inside, they are, they are alone because they're filling their life with, with busyness. They're filling their life with stuff to try to fill this hole all the while. When they get quiet, they're isolated and they're alone. And, and it, what it says here is that, man, when we're in this place, we can be attacked and we can be defeated. But remember, Paul said, that you can have all of these spiritual gifts, but if you don't have the God kind of love, you're nothing. So no God kind of love, you're isolated. No God kind of love, you're, you're easily attacked. No God kind of love, you're easily defeated. Yet we fight for what we want. We fight to be right. We fight to prove our point. We fight to be heard. We fight to under, be understood. We fight, we fight, we fight for self. Self-preservation. It's self-preservation. I am so glad that Jesus did not take this attitude of self-preservation. Can, can I get a witness in here? If he would have been self-preservation you know, self in his life, he would have been like, they don't deserve it, Lord. I'm not going down there. I'm not doing that. But he didn't. We read just a little bit early, man, he loved the world that he gave. And Jesus said, I will go. My will is to do the Father's will. And so, so there's hope. If you're alone, if you feel like you're attacked, you know, 
Romans 5.8 says, when we were utterly helpless, he came at just the right time. And so if you're alone and you feel attacked and you feel defeated, it could be that you're not living in the God kind of love. But I want you to know today that no matter where you're at on the spectrum of love, man, you might be down here where it's like you're all about self. You might be up here where you got the, the whole, you know, walking in love thing going on. Galatians 5 says it this way. Let me pull it up because I don't have the full thing. They will pull it up for you. It's not in your notes for all of you that are looking at your notes. I just put verse 24 in there. We're going to read a couple more things here. Look what it says. Verse 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, or you could say when you're self-centered, when you're self-focused, when it's all about you, when you are living this imitation love that the world has you know, given us an example of, when you follow that, the results are very clear. And you see all this list. And let me just tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the scripture produces the kind of fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Woohoo! Self-control when you want a burrito. <laughs> just trying to lighten the load here. But look at this, verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus, this is the best part have nailed their passions. They've nailed their desires. They've nailed what they wanted. They've nailed their own way, their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we were living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading. So here's my point. Number five, I think. I've been through this so many times, it might be six on your notes. I don't know. It says, let the love of self die. Let the love of self die. Actually, when I was reading through it yesterday, I'm like, that's too soft. And it's not a matter of just letting the love of self die. Kill it. Kill it. <laughs> With a spear, a knife, whatever you choose, whatever your choice of, of instrument is, right? crucify crucify kill this the love of self you're going to have to do it it's not just a one-time deal you can be sitting here today and the spirit of god can be working on your heart and working on your life and 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 saying right there right there that's it and you can and you can crucify it today but guess what that thing that's been in your life that's been creating those issues and been creating those problems you're going to have to walk from this place and in the days and the weeks and the months to come you're going to have to go back to galatians 5 24 and you're going to have to make a choice that you're going to crucify it you're going to kill it you're <laughs> not let it because man if you let it it will it will reign it will rule listen today no matter where you're at in life you have to make that choice, and here's the reason why. Today, you might be in a position where it might be in your own personal life, might be in your marriage that you may feel attacked, attacked by a coworker, attacked by somebody in your life. Maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's, uh, uh, um, it could be a child. I don't know, it could be, it could be anyone. And you might feel that way. You might feel defeated that that thing that which was once so filled with life has suffered blow after blow after blow and so you've you've lost hope you know you find yourself in that place and 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 maybe you feel like you're you're isolated where there's a separation a separation in a relationship or a separation in a marriage where there's this giant chasm filled with disagreement 
where you stand on one side and they stand on the other side and you feel isolated. I'm telling you, today is the day where it's, it can be over with. You can close this gap. You can, you can make a choice, and, 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 and it doesn't have to be that way. There is hope. I'm here to tell you that there is hope because 1 Corinthians 13 tells us that his love never fails. It'll never fail. And so if you'll make that choice that in this time where in your life where you feel like you're isolated, you feel like you're defeated, if you'll just say, you know what, I have not been embracing the God kind of love. If you will make a choice to say, you know what, today I'm choosing to make that choice to embrace his love, it'll close it up. It'll bring it back together. But it starts with you. Remember the beginning of the message? It's about me. It's about me. It starts with me. Jesus told us in John 12, 24. Listen, this is, this is good. Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless, unless, I'm going to say it three times, unless, unless, I'm going to say it four times, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Guys, that's powerful. I don't know if you guys have connected these dots like it has for me, but in this life and in this love and how we live, if, if, we're, if we find ourselves isolated, we gotta die to self. And when we die to self, man, we can bear fruit. So if that relationship or that marriage, and it's, it, it feels defeated, it feels like hopeless and isolated, what it's saying right here is that if you're like that seed and you fall and you die, that thing that you desire so much to, that, that your marriage bears fruit and flourishes and has life, guess what? Unless you, it starts with you, die, crucify your flesh. And when you do that, man, it will flourish. It'll bear fruit in your life. It'll bring, bring forth all that God had intended for it. Because love always wins. Yes, it does. Look at what it says here. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 12. It says that two people are better than one. For they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other one can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in trouble. Listen, guys, if we're living this life where we're selfish in our nature, we're alone. Whether, you know, we might be with somebody, right? You might still be living in the house. You might still be living, sleeping in the same bed, but you can still be alone because of your selfish nature and your selfish desire. And, and, and what it says here is, is that if someone falls, they're in real trouble. So if you're isolated today, you are in real trouble. If you're living a life of love as the world loves, you're in real trouble because you're easily defeated and you're easily, you know, as it says here, Likewise, two people lying together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but get this, two people, two can stand back to back and conquer. It's a choice. There might be a great chasm, but it's just a choice. It's like, no, we're not, we're done. We're done with the selfishness. I'm, I'm going to take care of myself. You take care of yourself. We're going to stand back to back and we're going to conquer this. 
We're going to conquer this together because it goes on to say that three are better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So in your notes, it's God, it's them, and then it's you. And it's in that order. God, them, and then you. In that order. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. In any circumstance, it endures through everything. And then finally this, it thinks of others first. You know, I was, <laughs> I was getting ready today. I was like, you know, the Lord wants to do something in marriages today. And I think that through those scriptures, you got what it is that you needed. Something was said to your heart about your life. Now it's up to you to make a decision to do what it is. I can't do it. No one else can do it. They can't do it. You have to do it for yourself. You have to make the decision. And so as I was preparing for this, I was like, Lord, what do you want to do? You know, do you want us to stand up back to back? You know, <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> now we're going to stand up. If you have a spouse, you need to grab their hand. Whether you want to or not, whether you don't hold hands or not, it does not matter. I don't care, okay? We are going to, this is the version of back to back, amen? Let's stand up and we're gonna pray for marriages because listen, guys, there is an all-out assault and an attack. The enemy wants to defeat. Now listen, you know some of the other family members, grab, grab hands with one another, okay? Because this isn't just a marriage thing. This is a family thing. And man, when we're together, even really as a, as a church, I didn't spend a lot of time on that, but the reality of it is is that this is more for a person today. It's for us as individuals. It's what we're deciding, how we're living, the choices that we're making, how it is that we're choosing to love. And I want our marriages, I want our relationships to be strong because I know that that's where victory comes, amen? So let's just pray. We'll pray for families, we'll pray for marriages, amen? Listen, we're gonna close this gap today in Jesus name this gap that's been taking place in lives and in marriages it's closing today amen so let's just pray father we come before you today Lord we're so thankful for your word your word has the power to close the gap and so today God I just thank you I thank you for your word to these couples your words to these spouses I thank you for the work that you have done in their hearts and in their lives Lord and Lord I thank you that you're you're searing inside of them them, that they need one another and that together they are stronger together they're better together and that with you on their side nothing is impossible God I thank you for restoring marriages and store restoring relationships restoring with sons and daughters God I thank you Lord for the work that you're doing as we stand together together as couples together as families together as a church father we can conquer yes we can conquer we're not easily defeated. We're not easily attacked. No, we conquer. We conquer all. And so, Father, today, I thank you for the power, the power that is working in these lives and in these couples that no longer are they walking alone. No longer are they isolated. In Jesus' mighty name, I thank you for that power and I thank you for that work of healing and restoration that's taking place in these relationships and in these lives in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and maybe you 
are far from the Lord and you, you have made a choice to, to walk the other direction and you want to rededicate your life or recommit your life, today is your day. If you don't know him as your Lord and your Savior, today is the day. We don't want you to leave this place not knowing him, not being in right standing with him. And so today, it's just a simple raise of your hand to say, Brian, that's me. Pray with me. I need, I need restoration. We'll do that. Is there anybody in here at all that you have, have something going on in your life? and you want to you get back in right standing with him. Anybody at all? Anybody at all? Okay? All right. I think we're amongst our own. Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, that in these days to come, that as we walk as believers and we walk in, in this great love, Father, that's being shed abroad in our hearts, Father, I thank you that we as a body of believers are growing in, in our knowledge of your love, Father. We will see as you see. We'll hear as you hear. We'll have compassion that you have for mankind that is around us. And Father, I'm thankful and grateful that in these weeks, these months, and these years to come, Father God, you're going to add to this body. We're going to see these altars filled with people that are making a decision, Father, to come back and to know you, Father. And so I thank you, Lord, that as we leave this place, we are walking. We are ambassadors of you, living in your power and sharing the gospel and the truth with mankind around us. And we thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.